Hello, and welcome to another Veterinary Team Training Podcast. My name is Amy Newfield. I'm both the host and owner of Vet Team Training. Please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. And if you're not aware, we also have an online continuing education platform where you can receive amazing race-approved continuing education from veterinary technicians and nurses that are approved for both doctors and technicians. Today is a very important podcast. I want to talk about the importance of taking breaks. And for some of you, you're not being provided your break. For some of you, you're not wanting to take your break. But it's really important that we honor breaks in a workplace environment. Now, a little bit about my background. For over 20 years, my focus has been on emergency medicine. And in my early start of emergency medicine, I pretty much believed you could never sit down and eat. You could never take a break. I had people say to me, you know, we expect everybody to always be standing and always be doing something because you always have something to do. Employees should not be sitting ever unless they're taking their break. And I'm here to tell you that that is not true. Even in emergency medicine, you have the ability to stop, take a break, and actually relax. So let's dive into some science on why breaks are important and really how to get them done in veterinary medicine. Believe it or not, there used to be a time where breaks were not a thing. It wasn't required that employees needed to take a break and employers would just expect them to work around the clock without even having lunch or sitting down or any of those things. And modern break laws in the United States really came from labor laws that were passed between the years 1935 and 1974. And it was during this 40 year period that really most of our labor laws became generated and really are still functioning to today. What's really crazy is that unfortunately, we just expected people to work. And during the Industrial Revolution, they didn't have things as a Fair Labor Standards Act. And so in 1938, the Fair Standards Labor Act was actually implemented. And it was to protect employees from the abuses that had become really commonplace during the period of the Great Depression. During that time, basically companies could just expect employees to work without paying them even you know, work throughout their lunch breaks. If they took breaks, they could potentially get fired just for taking a break. So it really wasn't until 1938 that we really started focusing on the Fair Labor Standards Act, which still exists today. This is really important because it is really the, the catapult to all the labor laws that we have now. And when the, fair, when the requirements of the Fair Labor Standards Act were finally set in place in 1945, abuses of requiring employees to work straight through without any sort of break at all were pretty much outlawed. Now, the reality is, is there were plenty of employers still breaking those laws because they were still doing the same practices they had always done. But we're now in 2023 and frighteningly enough, you know, we're coming on 90 years after, you know, the Fair Labor Standards Act, we should be allowing for employees to take breaks. Now, in most of the states here in the United States, each state tends to have laws and regulations that require some type of lunch or coffee break. On the shorter breaks that are anywhere from five to 20 minutes, those tend to be uh, hours that you can get paid for. But anything that's lasting 30 minutes or longer, like a true lunch break, those are not considered work time and therefore do not need to be compensated for. So again, check with your current labor laws in your state to see what you're required to get paid for and what you're required to basically also receive. And it's important that we take these breaks because breaks are important for your mental health. So let's dive now into understanding 
why exactly do employees need to take breaks? Why can't we just work straight through uh, without you know, any sort of food or break at all? So I dove into some data-driven studies in the last few years, and one of which was actually a company called Torque. Now Torque makes things like paper towels and hand sanitizers, hand soaps, napkins, toilet papers, washroom accessories for large businesses. And they did a study in 2018, and it was called the Lunch Break Survey Findings. It was very interesting because they published it in mass to everybody. And this is a company that could have easily taken the data and said, oh, look, breaks don't actually benefit the employer or the employee. So therefore, we're going to think about, you know, somehow reducing breaks. What they found is, is that employees stepping away from work for a few minutes increased their productivity, their job satisfaction, their mental health and their well-being, and they were overall more engaged in their work. And this is coming from a huge company that is a manufacturing company. And they basically found that their employees actually performed a lot better, had better job performance, the more breaks they took. So we know that taking breaks actually increases focus when the employees return back to work. So every time you take a break, your brain shifts off of work and back, you know, onto something like fun or enjoyable or outside life and then shifts back to work after that time, you actually increase your productivity. Additionally, taking break relieves some stress and helps employees to mentally uh, focus better, but also helps their mental health and their well-being overall. Interestingly enough, there, uh, there was another study done out of the University of Illinois in 2011, and they said that taking a break from making decisions within work, and listen, veterinary medicine is taking always making decisions, right? Making a decision on who lives and what medication is going to be provided and what next um, you know procedure you're going to do. So there's a lot of decision making in veterinary medicine. So they said taking a break from making decisions within work allows employees to refuel and they will make better decisions as they do without a break. And this was a very interesting study because they basically just had employees constantly work and then fill, figure out puzzles and some that took breaks and filled up, figured out puzzles and took breaks from those puzzles and came back. And the people who were able to take breaks and come back to the puzzles solved them better. So there you go. Um, taking breaks can increase creativity, promote healthy habits, and they also make the employee feel more valued in the organization as well as to their supervisor. Now, interestingly enough, it's not just about the workplace. What they found is that if you're given good quality breaks at work, good quality breaks, we're gonna talk about what those look like, um, good quality breaks at work, when you go home, you tend to be a healthier, happier individual as opposed to someone who has just worked straight through without any food, without barely ever going to the bathroom. They return home and they're pretty freaking miserable. So there's a lot of data and science to actually allowing employees' brains to actually de-stress. University of Illinois stated, if we constantly stimulate the brain to be focused on work the entire time, the neurons actually will slow down and not fire at the exact same rate as they did in the start of the job. So your brain actually can't think to the same degree if you never give it a rest. So the neurons in your brain actually need to take a break in an effort to pull off of work and just relax a little bit and stop focusing on something. I think we all know this innately to be true because if you've ever been dealing with some real big stress in your life or a problem, whatever it is, you're trying to deal with child stress or you know, you're trying to figure out something for a house, 
taking and stopping and redirecting your focus off of that problem and coming back to it later does actually help because it has your ability for your neurons to say, hold on, I've taken a break. Now let's reevaluate this problem now that I have basically a little bit of freshness to me. Um, this is why sleep is so important too, because when we have the ability to recharge our brain through sleep, we can think a lot better. If you have ever been sleep deprived, if you work overnight shifts, you know exactly what this is like. Your brain can't function. So we all know that taking your brain off of work and relaxing it and then putting it back on to work actually helps increase productivity as well as decreases the stress and promotes a happier workplace environment. So this was huge in terms of data. It's huge in terms of science. But the application of a break in a veterinary hospital, oh, goodness. So let's talk about some of the roadblocks. One of the big roadblocks that we see is simply from employers. Yeah, that's right. It might be some of you listening to this. If you're in a manager, a supervisor, a leadership role at all, yeah, you might be putting up some roadblocks. And roadblocks sound like this, kind of what I've already previously said. When we're not busy, there really isn't any downtime here. When we're busy, we should be expecting you to all continuously do something. There's no sitting. There's always something to be done. That's a thing that I want everybody to get away from, right? There's always something to be done. Yeah, that's true. The work is never ending. It's true in your home life as well, especially if you have kids. It, there's, there's always something to be done. The reality is, is we need to take a break. It's not just a want to take a break. It's an actual necessity to take a break. I need you to allow me to sit down. And when there's downtime, yeah, it's okay to sit and relax a little bit. So listen up managers and supervisors because I used to say those things. I used to say things like, whenever there's downtime, there's always something to do. Don't, don't just sit down. And I would look at upon employees and oh my God, are they just sitting? And are they relaxing for the few minutes we have downtime? Lazy people, right? I would think the same things. The reality is, is as you get older, sitting down actually helps preserve you. <laughs> I really do. I think it helps preserve you. It helps you keep you sane so that you can still be the best version of yourself, hands down. So I want you to reframe the, the thinking if you have that old school thinking. Instead of looking upon the employees like, oh my gosh, they're sitting and doing nothing and walking through and going, remember, there's always something to do because I know I've been that manager. I want you to stop and say, good for them. They're taking a quick break and let them take that break. Now, if 20 minutes later, half an hour later, they're still sitting down and nothing's getting done or... If there are things that are truly a necessity, like let's say, you know, there's piled up trash or all the drawers are empty, then yes, politely say to them, I know we have a little downtime and I do want you to relax, but it is actually imperative that we take out the trash or do this or clean that or write the records up if you're a doctor, whatever that looks like, right? Sometimes we do have employees that are struggling with motivation, and that's fair. But a vast majority of our employees don't struggle with motivation. They actually just need their brains to relax. Now, I'm gonna pause. I'm gonna talk about what an actual break is because I think we don't understand. Break is not ramming food down your gullet at lightning speed um, and barely tasting the food. There's two ways of tasting a chocolate bar. I love this analogy. I want you to picture a milk chocolate bar. If you hate chocolate, First of all, I don't know who you are, I'll forgive you, um, but think of something that you like, okay? Whatever that delicious food is that you really love. Maybe you're into vegetables. Think of a carrot then, okay? Mm, yummy carrot, but not for me, maybe for you. Anyway, there's two ways of eating food. I'm gonna use chocolate, because I'm a chocoholic. I want you to think about putting a square of chocolate in your mouth. 
and letting it melt and just savoring every bit of it and thinking, ooh, that's so yummy, that's so rich. Now I want you to take a chocolate bar and I just want you to pretty much do two bites and swallow the thing. Did you even taste it? Exactly. There's two ways of eating food. And when we are having a break in veterinary medicine, oftentimes it's the latter. We're just woofing down our food. It's going down the gullet. It's going down the, the esophagus at lightning speed. We don't even know what we ate. And I've literally had conversations with coworkers of mine. I say, what'd you have for lunch? And they go, I don't even remember I ate it so quickly. That's not okay. That's not healthy. So we need to make sure that we know what healthy break is. A break is your ability to take your mind off of work. And if you're already fretting and worrying about work, then you're not really taking a break. You're not stopping to think about, not stopping to think about work. So here's the irony to taking a break. It's work to not think about work. Too often we go into break rooms or we're standing up and eating food and we're thinking about the next case, we're thinking or we're talking about the, the next patient. We're constantly engaging with our coworkers only about work. I want you to read a few pages in a book. I want you to maybe do an activity books. Oh, I'm totally gonna shamelessly plug my book right now. Why not? It's my podcast. So oops, I colored outside the lines. It's a coloring and activity book for veterinary professionals. I literally created it for this reason that I want you to stop thinking about work. I want you to color a little bit. I want you to do a word search. I want you to do a maze. I want you to go back to your childhood roots of just playing games um, and enjoying that time. So just do that for, you know, five minutes and relax your brain. You know, read a few pages in a book. Go outside, intentionally look for birds. This is a fun thing that you can do. Intentionally look for birds. Learn about birds. Um, whatever it is, go out and just look at the sky and appreciate the clouds and see if you can pattern, find a pattern in the clouds. You need to get your brain off of work. Play a quick card game with a friend. Whatever it is, do something fun to engage your brain in a way that hasn't been engaged for because it's being tired because you've been working. So one of the things I hear from leaders is we do provide breaks. Obviously we're in state compliance and we have a really nice break room, but our employees are not taking their breaks. and. I've been there because I know that when I've led teams, unfortunately you have at least a couple people on your team that actually downright refuse to go sit down, eat lunch and have an actual break. And that becomes an issue because from a legal standpoint, they need to go take these breaks, but they're refusing to take these breaks. I started diving into this a little bit more detail when it came to registered nurses. I know that we often compare ourselves to our human medicine counterparts and there are a lot of similarities. And I, I did find a lot when it came to taking breaks or not taking breaks. And so in human medicine, nurses struggle with staffing issues. They struggle with patient counts. They struggle with the same things that veterinary technicians and assistants do. Um, and doctors on the same level are very much dealing with numbers of patients. And the biggest pushback from veterinary technicians and assistants and medical doctors when I hear why they're not taking their breaks is because they have too much to do. And that's the same actual data that they're seeing on the human nursing front as well. And when polled, about anywhere from 35 to 50% of registered nurses claim that they rarely, if ever, take a true 30 minute actual break during their shift. That's terrible. And again, it depends on the data that you look at, but again, 35 all the way up to 50% say, 
I very rarely actually ever get to sit down and eat lunch. So it's interesting because there's been a couple of correlating uh, data out there that suggested that the number of ICU registered nurses, so again, on the human medicine nursing front, um, that experience burnout in a year is anywhere from 25 to 35%. And when polled, there's a direct correlation between those who are suffering burnout, who are listed high on the burnout scale with also not taking breaks. So one can probably deduce that not taking breaks is not okay for your mental health. And so how do we shift the mindset from the always empathetic, I want to give everything, including my entire soul to my veterinary patients, to you actually do need to sit down and care for yourself. And that's a hard one for veterinary professionals to understand because innately, we're going to give it to everybody. We're going to give all of our empathy away. We're going to give away all our compassion. We're going to give away all our energy because that's what we're dedicated to doing. I never get exhausted taking care of patients, but then I do it sometimes to the expense of myself. And so while I'm enjoying it in the moment, by the end of the day, I'm so exhausted, I realize I might have hurt myself and done some damage to myself. And I just chalk it up as, well, this is veterinary medicine. All we need to do is get a good night's sleep, go back in and repeat. And it's not that simple. We have to take care of ourselves throughout our workday. So, you know, it was interesting because I was reading an article that was written by a nurse out of uh, a hospital in Utah, and she really dove into whether or not there was any literature between resiliency and being a registered nurse and taking breaks. And unfortunately, she came up with there's just not a lot of data out there to support that resilient people are because they also have the ability to take breaks. Unfortunately, there isn't any enough data there. But she did went ahead and just said, you know what, there's not even enough awareness on people understanding what allotment they should have for breaks. So depending on your state, depending on the amount of hours worked, for example, in an eight hour shift, you might be allotted one 30 minute break and then two 15 minute paid breaks. You have to know what your state is allotting you and that's the first step and I can tell you that Working in any veterinary hospital, nobody's ever informed me of what the breaks were in any vet clinic. Nobody's come by to check and say, hey, have you had one of your 15-minute breaks today? Not once. I look back at the countless of roles I've, I've held uh, in nonprofits, in private hospitals, in general practice, in specialty private, in corporation. Nobody's ever actually checked in to tell me what the state has allotted for breaks. So that's the first thing because this particular article dove into the fact that most registered nurses don't even know what they're supposed to actually be provided per the state. So that's number one is just understanding what you're supposed to do. And then the other thing that you can do as a manager or leader is just build awareness. Make them understand how important it is to take breaks. But here's the flip side, leaders. You need to also lead by example, which means you should be taking a break in a break room so they can visibly see you. When someone runs around the corner and says, oh, hey, Amy, there you are. I've been looking for you. I have a question about, and you're in the middle of a bite of sandwich. I want you to pause the conversation and I want you to say, ooh, is this an emergency? Because I just started my break and can I come and see you at the end of it? Ooh, that's a hard one for leaders to do. It's a hard one for anyone to do. Doctors, same thing. You, are pl- you finally have time to sit down. 
you're finally eating food. The technician or assistant rounds the corner, hey, doctor, just a quick question. And what do you do? You enable them because you reply. And listen, I get it. Sometimes it's an easy answer, yes or no or something like that. But it's important that we all safeguard our breaks. And it's also important that if you see someone who might appear to be taking a break, you don't bother them. It's probably not a crisis and probably doesn't warrant, you know, again, in the immediate response that you think it does. You're probably okay to wait 20 or 30 minutes. So building awareness of the importance of the break is really important. And even understanding why it's important to sit down and relax for 10 minutes just to eat a snack. And again, taking your mind off of work, this is really important. That's so important. Lastly, you can always create a formal campaign in your veterinary hospital. Literally, just post signs of how many breaks people should be taking throughout the day. Post signs about how long these breaks should take. Make sure people, you know, understand the benefits of taking a break. Leaders have to advocate for breaks, sometimes every single day, and sometimes with employees that are clearly trying to avoid taking a break, but at to the harm of themselves. One of the last things I want to talk about is where we take breaks, okay? We've talked about how the you know to take a break, get your mind off of work easier said than done. We've talked about the importance of breaks, you know, and how it decreases your burnout, your fatigue, your um, you know, improves your mental health and improves your ability to have more complex thoughts, be able to solve difficult problems. All of those things are great. But here's the last key component of having an actual break. You need a place to have it in. And, you know, surgeons are familiar with the saying, cleanliness is next to godliness. And honestly, it is true. We feel better when we're in a clean space. And it actually does improve our mental health. Unfortunately, there's been too many hospitals that I have personally walked into where it's disgusting. Like the building is falling down, the cabinets are half broken, the runs are disgusting, it hasn't been painted in a while. And you know what? There is a direct correlation between the, the team culture and how those people feel about their hospital as opposed to people who are working in a brand shiny new hospital with good lighting, you know, being able to see the outside occasionally and everything's freshly painted. There is a direct correlation. There's good documentation in people who unfortunately are hoarders. Now, hoarding is a mental health disease, but it's usually a, a myriad of, of situations going on. The person may or may not have been clinically depressed, suffering from anxiety, gone through some life trauma. Things start piling up and then they start just not wanting to throw anything away. And eventually they become a true hoarder where you can barely see the floor, they can barely walk, they have a narrow pathway, they don't even know half the stuff they own and it's gotten out of control. The reality is, is like, that's obviously a mental illness, but there's huge organizations that are dedicated to coming in, improving hopefully the mental health of the person who is hoarding all of this stuff, but also they clean out their house. And immediately, one of the things that happens in the people who have been hoarding, you know, items, is that once their house is clean, 
their mental health dramatically improves. They feel like there was no way out. It was overwhelming to them. And some of you can feel that in your hospitals. It's disgusting, it's dirty, things are broken, and it doesn't feel good. So I always like to share one of my most tragic <laughs> stories. I went into a hospital, I brought some food with me um, to do some cons consulting work, and uh, I said to one of the technicians, can you show me where your break room is so I can put this food down? She said, sure, come with me. She walked me down through a series of hallways and we got to this hallway and there in the hallway was a set of freezers for deceased pets. Not unusual, obviously, in a vet clinic. And then in the corner were a stacked set of chairs. Now above the freezer was a shelf and there was some human food on that shelf and there was also a microwave. Now to the right of one of the freezers was a small mini fridge and uh, she opened it up and showed me that that's where the human food goes. And I said, this can't possibly be your break room. And she said, but it is. She said, we pull the chairs down every day and we sit and eat on top of the freezers. No, I'm sorry. This is not a break room. This is a horror show. And unfortunately, I have talked to other people, shared the stories, and unfortunately, other people have said, oh yeah, I worked in a hospital where our break room was where the deceased pet freezer was, or it was something similarly in terms of how bad it was. That's terrible. We can't be having break rooms in closets. We can't be having break rooms next to dead body freezers. We can't be having break rooms, you know, in just the corner of a room. It should be a true break room. This is 2023. At this point, we need to build out break rooms. And I understand a lot of hospitals are older and outdated, but that's why, where remodeling comes into play. We have to care about the people in our hospital and our, our break rooms need to feel like a place I can unwind. If it's dirty and gross and the chairs are half broken and the tables are falling apart and wobbly, I don't want to sit in it, which means I'm not going to relax in it, which means I'm never going to de-stress. And to me, just anecdotally, having visited at this point hundreds of veterinary teams throughout my career, there appears to be a direct correlation to hospitals that are neat and tidy and mental health being very good and the culture being very good versus hospitals that are disgusting and falling apart. And unfortunately, that team is cranky and people are burned out and their mental health isn't great. And that seems to make sense, right? Because who doesn't want to be in the bright, shiny building? Now, we can't all have bright, shiny buildings. But again, this is where it's imperative that we start looking at remodeling and caring about the people. It is important we have a space to take a mental health break in. And that's really what it means when we say we're going to take a break. We're providing our brain a break from the mental stimulation, which is grueling every single moment in working in veterinary medicine. So I hope this podcast really helps inspire you, maybe change your break room, maybe, you know, get you reinvigorated to taking breaks. If you were someone who was like, I don't have time. Hopefully now you realize you have time. If you're in a leadership role, hopefully you stay away from the language of at this hospital, we don't sit down because every minute there's something to do. Yeah, life, there's always something to do. Sit down, relax for five minutes. It's okay to do that. Relax for 15 minutes. Go on a real break for 30 minutes. Leave the hospital, run an errand, take your mind off of work. And here's the thing. Data has shown that the breaks that you provide to your employees and hey, employees, the breaks that you take, guess what? You're more likely to be a happier employee and be more productive. And that's really going to help out your veterinary patients.
Thank you for all that you do. Keep on being unicorn. And please check out all my other blogs, vlogs, and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com.